Hey everyone, welcome to episode 6 of the Solitary Heathen Witch Podcast. In today's episode, we will be going into divination. I'm going to share some of my stories on different forms of divination I've used, as well as get into some other kinds and tell you guys about them. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Now, the very first form of divination I was introduced to was tarot, and it was in my very early teens. Um, My aunt had a deck, and she used to do little readings for my cousin and I. And her deck was more around answering yes or no questions. So she would give us the deck, and we would ask it in the question in our head while we shuffled. And I just remember it being so accurate on to what we were asking because with all the cards one would always pop up with kind of the subject and it was spot on so I started to get interested in tarot and my mom bought me my first tarot deck this is before I got into pagan or wicca or anything and I was learning um I don't remember the exact name of the deck at this moment. I will get back to you guys later on that. But it was just kind of your standard deck with, you know, everything. The pinnacle, cups, rods, um, swords, and the king, queen, and all of that. And I would do occasional readings and I would do some for my friends. But the tarot, it just seems so complex. Um... I was constantly flipping through the book to try to find every single card that I pulled. I didn't quite memorize any of them yet, and I kind of felt a little overwhelmed. Like, I felt I wasn't ready or good enough to be doing readings. So I kind of put the deck away for a while. And then after that, I got my first pendulum and this was in the beginning of me getting into wicca and funny story with my pendulum uh it helped me find my snake that i lost i'll get into that in a moment um but with your pendulum you know you use it a lot for yes or no answers you can also try to use it to find lost objects uh i would draw on a piece of paper a circle and um Mark up and down would be yes, left to right would be no, Uh, clockwise would be maybe, and then like counterclockwise would be like no answer. And then, you know, you ask your pendulum as you hold it above the paper uh, very steadily questions you already know the answer to, to, uh, to make sure that it moves in the directions you want it to. Some people will ask the questions and then whatever the answer is, they'll mark it as that answer. And I used to do that, and I would always close my eyes because I didn't want to subconsciously accidentally get the pendulum to swing in a direction that I wanted the answer to be. So I would close my eyes and then wait a while, not focusing on an answer, just the question, and then would open my eyes to what it had to show me. Well, I had this ball python named Calypso, and... She started to become an escape artist and would get out of her tank. And uh, good thing snakes can go a long time without eating because she was gone for quite some time. At least a couple weeks. And 
I was using the pendulum to walk around the house to try to find her and I'd ask for it to start spinning clockwise if I was close by her. And there was one section of the house that the pendulum would start swinging um, clockwise, but I could not find her. So I decided to go to bed and then in the middle of the night, I just woke up and had a feeling I had to go find her because snakes like to move around a lot more at night. And I went to the area of the house where the pendulum was swinging and I turned on the light and sure enough, there she was going across the ground and I had to hurry up and catch her. So that was a, a fun experience um, using the pendulum. Another form that was introduced to me when I was really young um, was the Ouija board. I know there's a lot of opinions about this. Um, when I started using it, I was really young. I believed in ghosts and spirits, but I wasn't really into any religion yet. And my parents had gotten this for me, believe it or not, at a Toys R Us in the board game section. And it was one of the boards that like glowed in the dark. And I remember my dad just telling me, don't believe everything you see or what they tell you because most of the time it's somebody lying to you. So when they're telling you that they're your family member that's passed on, he told me not to believe it. So we didn't take the Ouija board too serious. It was more of um, something we would do on sleepovers, like my cousins and I would play it. And most of the time it was us arguing about which one of us was moving it, making it say the things it was saying. So we never really took it completely serious. Um, because we always thought it was one of the cousins trying to scare us all. And as I got older, so many people would tell me it was evil and the spirits are going to follow me. And they couldn't believe that I would ever touch something like that. And I kind of distanced myself from using it um, because I, I just I didn't find it very reliable. Um, I wanted to focus more on forms of divination that I did myself. Uh, so I didn't have doubts of somebody else trying to influence uh, the answers. So I eventually stopped using that. And then another form of divination I tried getting into was scrying. And this is something you, you can use a crystal ball, a bowl of water, or like a mirror. Which most of the time is coated with a black paint of some sort. And I did this with a bowl of water. So I have a black scrying bowl that I fill. And then you, your only form of light really is candlelight. And you make sure that the flame, you don't see it in the reflection of the water. And you kind of just gaze into the bowl for about 10 minutes. And you kind of like unfocus your eyes a little bit. You still blink. But then um, like a fog will form. And then when the fog clears... You will see images, um, sometimes moving, sometimes still, that you interpret yourself. Now, I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And when I attempted this, they were a couple years younger. And for all you other parents of little ones out there, you know that it is almost near impossible to even get five minutes of time, like, just on a thought without being interrupted. So 
After being interrupted multiple times, I decided this is going to be for another day. So I put this away. Uh, I do plan on trying to do it again, just not anytime soon. I also try doing where you uh, let candle wax drip into the bowl of water and it will form a shape and you try to um, decipher what it means to you. It's uh, your interpretation of it. But again, this was the same time where I did not get to focus a lot. Now, there was two forms of divination I always had interest in. And I never really got into them just because of fear that it was going to be a lot of work and a lot to learn. So the runes, and I'm going to get into this more. Um, I got into this as I started learning my ancestry and realized that a lot of my ancestors would have followed the Germanic paganism, which brought me to the runes. Now before this... I wasn't very, I didn't have much knowledge on the runes. Um, I just knew that they scared, they scared the heck out of me. I'd seen the symbols and I did not even know where to begin. And I just kind of stayed away from those. Uh, for me, like the tarot basically gave you a book giving you all the answers. So, uh, I would say a couple months ago... I started really studying them and I wanted to take my time with them and my first set I carried around in my pocket I kept it under my pillow and each day I would pull one rune and I would carry that rune in my pocket with me all day and I would read about it learn about it and write down what it meant and then Sometimes the next day, sometimes a couple days if I felt I needed to spend more time on the previous rune. Um, I would end up pulling another one. And then when after I pulled that rune, I would put it in a separate bag until I got through all of them. And now what I'm working on is I have my own book that I'm drawing each rune out and writing everything down. So this way it helps me memorize everything. And... I want to make sure I understand them completely before I start like using them and even trying to attempt bind runes because runes are very magical symbols and you need to be careful with them um, just from what I've learned and from what I've heard from others this is something you definitely want to take your time with um, another thing that I started to get into is an oracle deck which I will go over the difference of tarot and oracle in a bit but I've always wanted to get an oracle deck because to me it seemed a little bit more simpler than the tarot but I wanted to find the deck that called out to me so there's this little shop I go to and I was looking and I seen a viking oracle deck and part of me kind of shied away from it because of the word viking um, I was afraid it was going to be too wrapped up, like, to the new TV show, as much, like, aside from the actual Norse mythology. What I wanted was the old Norse, not the TV show. So, I wasn't too sure about the deck, so I didn't get it. And then I left there kind of regretting that I didn't get it. And then a couple months go by, and I stopped by a 
different shop just to get incense and they had the same deck in there so I couldn't pass it up this time and I got it and on uh, during checkout the cashier was wearing a Mjolnir with a necklace with runes or a ring on the necklace with runes on it and I knew that that was a sign that I was meant to take that deck home that day so that is another thing that I'm working on right now at this moment now that's gonna wrap it up for my stories right now um, I'm gonna get into some of the different types of divination especially ones that you guys mentioned in the Instagram question now we have tarot and oracle cards they are good for divination and self-reflection and also insight oracle is similar to tarot but they do have their differences uh, tarot is more predictable when you learn them because most of them are following the i'm going to probably pronounce the name wrong rider weight deck uh, oracle has a little bit different structure because every deck is different with tarot you have 78 cards oracle you have anywhere from 36 to about 64 um, tarot you have your major arcana i believe uh, 22 cards relating to major events and life pivoting events and then you have your minor arcana which is uh, about 56 cards and you have your page knight queen king and your i believe it's ace through 10 pip cards and then your oracle you rarely have suits um, some of them are numbered for book reference and then some of them you'll find have a tarot theme a lot of them have their own theme some will print the meaning on the cards and some you you just have the book to reference and with the tarot they divide it into suits so you have your wand sword uh, cup or chalice pentacles and may also be coin so oracles believed to be more easier as tarot goes more in depth oracles more free-flowing and there's many interpretations as tarot has more rules to follow so these are some differences that you will find between the two different decks i believe it's always okay to reference back to the books some people have different opinions the next one is scrying now the word scrying has english roots more exact in the word descry which means to reveal and with this, you gaze into an object until revelations are revealed. You can do this with a bowl of water, a mirror, or a crystal ball. Now, when you have a crystal ball for scrying, you need to make sure there are no scratches, no bubbles. It's clean and clear so you can get a crisp picture. They recommend that you have a black stand and a black cloth. Um... The reason for this color is because it helps absorb light that might alter your picture. And you don't want, you know, like multi-pattern things or something that, you know, will also affect the picture because you're going to be getting reflections in the crystal ball. Um, it is said not to let others touch it. You cover it with a black cloth when you're done. 
um, avoid the sunlight and you char and then you can charge it in the moonlight and also to cleanse it. I personally have not used a crystal ball. Um, so you, you try what kind of works out for you. Um, with the mirrors for scrying, a lot of times you can make this on your own instead of spending a lot of money on it. You can actually find a lot of DIYs on Pinterest. And it's it can be as simple as going to the dollar store and buying a framed mirror. You look for a frame that you like, you can take it off, and then you paint the mirror with a black paint. Um, I believe you want to use a gloss. I could be wrong. So just look it up. And then you put the frame back on it, and this will be your scrying mirror. And it's very similar as to how to do the scrying with the bowl of water or the crystal ball. Um, with your bowl of water, I bought myself a black scrying bowl. And I personally recommend a black colored bowl just because one, yes, it absorbs light. But it also doesn't really give you as much reflection of other things um, that might alter the image. And then when you're using one of these three objects, you'll have your candlelight, but you make sure you can't see the flame in the bowl or the crystal ball. And you just kind of gaze into your crystal ball, your bowl of water, your mirror. And after a while, I would say give it, give it at least 10 minutes. And your eyes start to unfocus a little bit. You could still blink. But then a fog will start to form. And then once this fog forms, the fog will slowly start to drift away. And then you'll start to see images. Some move, some may be still, and just be pictures. And this is what you will interpret. It's not going to be like what you see in movies. Where you gaze into the crystal ball and like what somebody's doing shows up or you'll see a future event like a movie clip play in front of you it's not like that so don't set your expectations to be super high to where you're gonna just fully see a full video of what you're wanting to see you can also do scrying with the candle itself some people will gaze into the flame and watch the movements and focus on this as a form of divination and it connecting with the divine. Also, like I mentioned before, dripping the candle wax into like a bowl of water and when it hardens it makes a shape and interpreting that as well. There's just so many different ways that you can do divination. Alright, now we have the most common one used by all of you who answered on the Instagram question. The runes. They're an ancient Germanic tradition dating back to the 1st century AD. The runic alphabet consists of 24 letters. It is used for fortune telling and protection sigils. Elder Futhark goes back to the 5th century AD and is the most common. The younger Futhark was adapted by the Vikings and other Nordic tribes. As a very powerful magic history, and should be used with extreme caution. It can have strong divine powers and should be taken very seriously. 
The origin of the word rune stems from the Germanic word mystery or secret. Today, runes are used for a connection to one's higher self, inner guidance, tapping into intuition, telling future, or offering advice. Most of our runes are based off of the Elder Futhark. I have seen some other sets of runes. I'm not very familiar with those ones. Um, now, with the Elder Futhark, we have three rows of eight. And I've seen on different charts, some of these rows are categorized for certain gods. But I have seen different gods listed for different sets of rows. Some sets of runes, we have a blank rune. Now, this blank rune is not quite part of the Elder Futhark. This one never really existed. It's something that was created later on that some use in the rune set. Some people choose not to. But now it is used as Odin's rune. For Odin sacrificed his eye for wisdom and knowledge and to see what's going on in the world. So if you pull this rune, it is believed that you are not quite ready yet for the answers. It's not time for you to get those answers yet, and that's when this rune will appear. So one row is more for finding footing, um, cattle, wealth, communication, worldly possessions. Another row is categorized with increasing maturity, growth, obstacles, fate, and abundance. And the third one is developing spirituality, legacy, birth, community, and inheritance. There's different ways you can pull the runes. You can do a seven rune layout. You can pull out runes that work for you, just when you reach in the bag, how many you feel you should pull out. You can pull out one rune a day, whichever really works for you. Um, but they are a lot of work, so please, please just be careful and do your research with the runes. The story that most of us know is how Odin sacrificed himself to himself by hanging himself on the great ash tree, also known as Yagrasil, with his spear. And he was there for nine days and nine nights until he started to see and learn the runes. And a couple other ones there are, <laughs> I'm probably pronouncing this one wrong, uh, tassiography. It's the divination using tea leaves, coffee grounds, and wine sediments. And a lot of times you'll brew a loose leaf cup of tea. And when you drink the tea, you look at the images of the tea leaves. And you interpret interpret that. Um, palmistry is reading features of the hand to tell a person's future or their personality. We have dowsing, which is used to locate groundwater, buried metals or ores, and gemstones. And you do this with a forked rod can also be done with a pendulum. There are just so many different forms of divination. I myself have tried a handful of different kinds to figure out which one I like the most and what works well with me. You can try so many different kinds, um, do your research, and have fun with it. All right, so that wraps it up for today's episode on divination. I hope you guys enjoyed and if you stay after the ad, I'm just going to have some questions for you guys and you can always respond to me on my Instagram. And again, all my information will be in the description on this episode.
I want to start off by saying thank you if you guys listened through the ad. Now, I just wanted to say that a lot of my information I get from online, books, or my own personal experience. Always look for more than one source for your information because you are going to find different information out there for everything. So always read multiple sources. Okay, so I wanted to share my very first tarot deck was the Essential Tarot book and card sets. And it was the Hanson Roberts tarot deck. This was my very first one that I got a long time ago. I've probably had this deck for, I would want to say, almost 15 years now. And then the oracle deck that I recently picked up is the Viking Oracle Wisdom of the Ancient Norse by Stacy DeMarco and artwork by Jimmy Manton. And so far, I'm liking that deck. I'm getting newly into it. Now, some of the illustrations aren't exactly how the old tales describe some of the gods. So, um, aside from that, I'm enjoying it. Now, for the questions I have, um, you guys can keep an eye out on my Instagram. I will be posting it in my story in a couple days, as well as possibly make a highlight reel, so that way you guys can reference back to them if you missed it. Um, you can always send me a message on Instagram, and I'll also put all that information down in the description below. Okay, so I just wanted to say, if you guys want, you can support the podcast on Anchor. That option is now available. And then some of the questions I had for you guys is, one, would you be interested in a YouTube channel? I was thinking of things of story time of the different gods and goddesses, as well as showing some instructional videos on how to do different forms of divination, altar setup, and other things. Another thing is, would you guys be interested in a Patreon? I have some ideas for this, but I would definitely love your guys' feedback before I set everything up. And I also want to know what your guys' impression is of the podcast. Do you guys enjoy it? I definitely want some feedback so that way... I know if I'm doing okay or if there's things I can work on. So I would definitely love to hear back from the listeners on what you think I can improve on or other episode ideas that you guys want to hear about. So definitely send me a message. uh, Keep an eye out for the questions. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And there's definitely going to be more coming soon. So I hope you guys continue to listen and thank you. And I almost forgot. Don't forget about the small business shout outs that I do on Mondays. I will be posting something on the Instagram story. And you guys can share with me on there or message uh, me. And I will be sharing the small businesses. So whether you have an Etsy, your own website, or even a local shop, I will share it. And I also will be sharing them on the end of some podcast episodes. So make sure to send me those. Um, I, I just feel it's very important to shop, you know, local or small businesses, especially within the pagan community. So I think it's important that we help each other out. Um, 
yeah, so that wraps it up um, for today's episode. I've probably said this a couple times. Thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for more future episodes.